All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Cinemania World Podcast. My name is Dwayne, and today we are doing a very special Oscar prediction show. Uh, this show is called Presenting All 24. It was going to be called something else, but stuff happened in the last two days. <laughs> I am joined. <laughs> I am joined by some very special guests for this episode. I am joined by the creator of the hashtag Present All 24 hashtag and movement, Amanda Spears. Amanda, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. I'm also joined for a, like about time because I've been trying to get this guy on the show forever. But he is here from the next from the next best picture show and website. Matt Neglia. Matt, what's going on, buddy? Hey, everything is going great. Happy to talk about the Oscars a few days away. I know, I know. I just it just hit me yes it hit me yesterday when I was at the AMC Oscar showcase. Uh, it hit me yesterday that it's next week. Like, crap. I mean, my <laughs> favorite thing has been now that this whole uh, Academy ceremony chaos is now behind us. We can get back to the thing that we normally have anxiety about, and that is the winners. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> all, the, all the nominations are all set, you know, so now we're, I mean... Whether you're whether you're upset about nominations or you're happy about them, we're it's almost here. Uh, so let's get right into it. So, I found this article before we get right into like the predictions and the present all twenty four stuff. I found an article of all the uh, all the stuff that's been going on throughout this entire year of just the Oscars and how much of a mess it's been. So, real quick, I'm gonna read these off. August eighth was when the Oscars put out a tweet saying change is coming and we're going to, we, we attend to a boot in uh, boost ratings, shorten the runtime, the three hours and then include popular film. No one cared. Everyone was upset about that. Did you guys, what did you guys think when they were, when they were talking about, Oh, the popular, like when that whole thing was going on, the popular film category, uh, shorter times and all that stuff. Uh, Matt, we'll start with you. Um, I have to say that uh, I didn't really think at the time that they were going to commit to the categories during the commercial breaks. So my focus went more towards best popular film. I was more upset about the categories being handed off during the commercial breaks, but mm -hmm. I really did believe that that was something that they would go back on where best popular film was something like, We've been asking for additional Oscars for years for things like uh, best cast or uh, best stunts or something along those lines. And they finally add something and it just came off to me as a blatant, completely blunt way to just give Black Panther an award. Yeah. And it almost seemed like they were afraid that Black Panther was not going to get a best picture nomination. So if they had this... Um, it would be more of a compensation. And I thought that that was cheap. I definitely did not view it as an additional award. It, it was just like a consolation prize. Right. And another way to just gain these ratings. And so, yeah, initially my focus went towards that because that was something that I felt strongly about. And I always kind of in the back of my mind felt like we'll take care of the other issues that were presented later on. And then the year kept going and nothing changed. And mm. I, it, it really became uh, difficult to constantly try to remind people, hey, you know, this is still happening. You know, this is still wrong, right? It only took the Academy officially announcing what those categories were going to be that would be uh, handed out during the commercial breaks that 
finally the shitstorm started and it's like right. all right about time it's only a few days away but jesus at least something happened <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah it was oh man i remember just being like what and like i don't know it was very mixed feelings for me too uh amanda what about you what did you think when they decided oh we're gonna do the best popular film category well i think it i think it's the same thing that um that's already been said but really uh, i just thought yeah it's, it's a way to get black panther an award but mm. it's also like no film's going to win best popular film and best picture. And it kind of was one of those things where like, if you're the most popular film, aren't you technically the best picture of the year? I mean, right. Yeah. And I, I think the thing was, is that, and you have to give it off, give credit to Disney and Marvel for going, no, we don't want this. We want to win best picture. And really for Marvel to step up and put the money towards <laughs> An Oscar campaign, and let's face it, next to Netflix, they have more money to burn than any of these other studios. So right, good exactly. for them for stepping in and saying, no, 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 we don't want this. Yeah, it might be it's, it's the just... most extensive campaign, I think, maybe ever I think uh, that Roma Netflix actually, has spent on Roma. Yeah, Netflix. All agreed. We've all, like, anybody with a Netflix subscription has a vested interest in watching the Oscar ceremony because we've all paid for this film, for the and campaign. And isn't it funny how I actually believe the ratings are going to go up this year due to the amount of publicity that has been surrounding yeah. this show. <laughs> Just due and, to the amount of mess that's been happening. It's and, gonna... But like, if you asked me a week ago, do I want the ratings to go up? My response was no, I want them to tank because I want them to see the error of their ways and that these ideas that they have are not going to work. But now that none of the ideas are being put forward, Hell yeah, let the ratings go up. I'm all for it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, oh my God, it's crazy. So then I next... feel like they needed to have a brainstorming session that didn't involve putting things out to the public first. Like they really needed to think about this. You know what's crazy? They probably did. And, and it led to well, all they of need this. to get some outside Oscar <laughs> consultants who are historians of the awards then yeah, that they, really, they, really they... understand the yeah. history of what they're doing. Yeah, they need something at this point. Like, uh, so then after that, uh, September sixth, the academy was like, "Oh, we recognize that the need for further discussion with our members is very needed." So then they took back the popular film category. Then December fourth, Kevin Hart announces that he will be hosting the awards. Then December seventh, the Kevin Hart was not hosting the awards. And then all of that happened. That was pretty much the talk of January. I mean, of December. So what? Was you guys' thoughts on the whole Kevin Hart situation and all that stuff and how that was affecting the Oscars? Did you think that he should have just been the host or maybe grab somebody else? What did you? Because I heard the, I heard they even asked a lot of people as well. So, uh, what did you guys think, Amanda? I'll start with you. Well, who would want to host the Oscars at this point when it's just basically an invitation <laughs> to have everybody dig through everything you've ever said or done in your past? I mean, mm -hmm. it's it's going to continue to be impossible. Exactly. And my second thought is, where's Billy Crystal? Like, can't he just come in and save us all? Like, <laughs> it's I've sad because he just doesn't view him, him as a mainstream star that can bring in the ratings. And that's He's so unfortunate. Church. The Oscars is like going to church. It's not about... It not trying to say it's a religion i'm just saying you know it's about the history and the tradition it's not about trying to be new and young yeah so. i think that's that's where they was faulting is like how do we get a bunch of young eyes on this how do we get more eyes and they just said oh well, what if we what if we you know kind of sell out and become like pretty much the people's choice is that the award show that's on e e network e network choice 
Yeah, that is hor- that is like probably one of the worst awards. Like because they do like I remember for up for like best drama, they had like Red Sparrow and like all these other random movies. And I'm just like, what are you guys doing? And they had Rampage and Best Movie as well. <laughs> like, what is happening? But I was like, that's why we have a we have award. The thing where I I feel like they didn't really grasp on is that the Oscars are meant to be prestigious and everyone knows what kind of movies are are going to be going in those. But, you know, if you're trying to get more eyes in, in popular films like Mission Impossible or like or like, you know, like like Avengers or something like that, that's what like those MTV awards are for. You know what I mean? They also get money from the box office. like Exactly, yeah. That's well, the reward. And, and that's the other decision they haven't gone back on yet is moving the ceremony up. I think moving the ceremony up is almost a worse decision because mm-hmm. if oh, you explain. move the ceremony up, you're basically monetarily hurting all of these films. And you're also hurting the, hurting the show because you don't give people three or four weeks to become fans of the movies because I've been at the theater and I've heard people go, you know, well, that movie's up for three or four best, three or four Oscars. Why don't we go see that? Right. So people, you're never going to have, these films aren't going to get a chance to have a casual, well, let's see what the fuss is about kind of person. Go right. see it if the nominations are one are like two weeks before the ceremony. You know what, that's actually a good point. It's something that I, I, I haven't considered. I think, I think I've been focused so much more um, on that being a positive thing only because I do feel, especially now, like right now, currently at this present time, when we get into the, like this stage where we're just days away from the show, mm-hmm. I'm pretty much ready for it to be over because well, we're just, ready for it to be over because we're spending every waking hour thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. It's mentally <laughs> exhausting. And just being on Twitter <laughs> and hearing these think pieces and, you know, watching everyone just constantly rag on the same movies and the same people and everything. I'm just like, can we stop? I'm over it. <laughs> like, let's just get the get the awards handed out and let's be done with it. So in that regard, I'm OK with it. But on the other hand, yeah, you know what, Amanda, you're right. I didn't think of it like that. And that's um, as somebody who really, really loves the independent independent and uh, mid-level budget uh, filmmaking that the Oscars have given. um that boost to every single year for a chance for more mainstream audiences to, to discover these films. Um, that is, yeah, that, that is going to have consequences. That's, that's really upsetting. <laughs> right. Exactly. I totally agree. I totally agree. Sorry to upset uh, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> We're used to it at this point. I know. Right. Exactly. It's been an upsetting uh, year. <laughs> moving on. We got, we got, now we're moving into January after the Kevin Hart stuff. And this is when they announced that they're going to go on without our host. And everybody was like, okay, you know, whatever, fine. Then uh, January 24th, they reported that only two of this year's five Oscar-nominated original songs will be performed on the, on the uh, show. And I think it was Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga Shallow and all the stars from Black Panther. So that happened. Everyone was, again, not really happy. January 31st, they announced that they announced two more songs will be played, and then and in February first, they announced that all of them will be played at some point and stuff. And I'm just at this point was when I was just like, "What is happening with this award show?" I'm sure I'm not the only one, Matt. I saw all of your tweets at this point. I'm just like, everyone, like, what's going on? Then February 11th is when they just blew up the earth, and that's when they said 
all four, like four out of the 24 nominate uh, awards will not be presented at the awards. And that was cinematography, film editing, live action short, makeup and makeup and hairstyling. So, uh, Matt, I'll start with you. When you got these news, when you scrolled down your Twitter feed and you saw this on Variety or Deadline or whatever, what did you think? What was your initial reaction? <sighs> to the songs? I mean, like... <laughs> Once again, I just feel I just kept feeling like the tradition of this show is is what makes it classy and is what makes it prestigious. And to have instance after instance throughout the season where it just kept on feeling like they were bucking tradition to chase an audience that doesn't care Mm -hmm. if the songs are going to be performed not going to be performed if like the audience doesn't care if the show is three hours long like they're chasing a fictional goal that in their minds they have like so like they fixated everything onto and they just, they just can't accept the fact that tv ratings are down for everything across the board right once they accept that then what they should do is adapt and try to find a way to make the show better from a presentation standpoint, not take things away. Exactly. That's, you know, you're just doing was, too much. Yeah. That's what was so upsetting. Right. So I, I'm happy that, you know, Lady Gaga put her foot down and defended um, a lot of what was uh, going on there. And I'm sorry, I, well, defended the other nominees, rather, uh, to mm-hmm. get them to perform. Because I don't know if she hadn't said something, if that would be happening or not. I mean, that in itself is a little scary. But Exactly, yeah. Yeah, it's sad that one person, you know, okay, you know, one person is like, okay, you guys need to figure it out. And they're like, oh, yeah, okay, maybe you're right. Um, Amanda, when you saw this was happening, you decided to come up with a very, very, very polarizing <laughs> hashtag. So talk about that and talk about, you know, like your in, initial reaction to hearing about it and what made you come up with the idea of just let's just get this going of present all 24. Well, they hadn't announced the categories yet, but it's just like there's no host. Lady <laughs> Gaga deserves all the credit in the world for just saying, no, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, it just was like, it, what else is there to do? If there's no host, there's no reason not to present all 24 awards. And that was just my feeling. It's like, mm-hmm. just you're not going to save enough time cutting four awards. It's not worth it. It's not going to save 20, 30 minutes. Exactly. If they want to save 20, 30 minutes, let's cut down on some of those clip packages that are unnecessary. And there's a way of doing the songs. They did it in the 90s a few times where they'd have like two performances back to back. And then they'd have three back to back where, you know, they didn't do the full song, but they did two minutes of it. And hey, it, Anyone watching at home nowadays can just go on iTunes and buy it really quickly. So there's no, you're like, hey, I like two minutes of this song. Then, yeah, just go buy it. They don't need to perform the five minutes. Exactly. Totally agree. Uh, Matt, what about you? I think, think, like, when I first seen the uh, hashtag and I realized that it was starting, I realized it was starting, like, a new wave over on over on twitter and stuff like that and i'm sure you amanda didn't realize that it was going to become such a such a big phenomenon as it did so that must have been like crazy for you as well it's been very crazy it's been a little overwhelming i've 
never had this much attention before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> so, and then, so the 15th came around and that was uh, February 15th. They announced that, okay, after everything that's going on and, you know, after everything, all the, after all the backlash, because it wasn't just us who were like, you know, fans and critics who were talking about it. It was also like actors, actresses, you know, performers and stuff like that who were talking oh, about how much, yeah. who were like talking about how much it was affecting them and stuff. And then the fifteenth came around, and they said that their all twenty four awards will be announced. So, uh, Matt, what was your thoughts when you saw that? Did you think, uh, and did you think that they were going to actually do it? My initial thought was, I'm going to get so pissed drunk tonight. I was so happy and I did. I went out and partied that night so hard um, because I have to admit, like when they announced the uh, four categories, I was devastated. I was emotionally devastated. I was prepared to get on my podcast this morning and just rant, rave and make a huge plea to anyone that might have been listening uh, to reverse this decision. And mm. I didn't have to do that. And it was such an incredible feeling because I also, I, I mean, I have to admit, like I was relentless about it. I was, I think every, almost every single one of my tweets every day had that yeah. hashtag in it. Um, <laughs> it did, it did. <laughs> I was going pretty ape uh, because I, I just wanted to get the word out there as much as humanly possible, find as many creative ways to utilize it. Uh, so that it didn't come off like I was, you know, being repetitive or anything like that. But, you know, when you have a bunch of people then in the industry utilizing it and uh, major publications like Playlist and a few others uh, better commenting and, you know, it just I, I, I got to give credit to Amanda just for I mean, intentionally, not intentionally doesn't matter. She gave us something that we could use to you know enforce a positive change that has made everyone happy. I don't know a single person that. Is not all the, happy all the, the credit goes to everyone who kept it going and for everyone right. who was basically trolling every tweet the Academy put out there with it for like a very long time. I mean, they put out a happy Valentine's Day tweet and people were just responding, hashtag present all 24. Oh, so. yeah. I'm sure whoever <laughs> manages the Academy Twitter account was probably like, stop adding me. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, listen, I'm just trying to get paid. Don't at me. Like, stop. Yeah, I know. Like, I'm I, just, I, I'm yeah. I'm not, I'm not John Bailey. <laughs> right. I felt bad for, I, I mean, John Bailey's own branch kind of turned on him. Yeah. I mean, when you lose that, that moral high ground to Seth Rogen, like, I mean, that's just insane. Cause his branch is like, no, 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 no. And every big name cinematographer signed that list. Exactly. Yeah. I noticed that. Too. You know what I loved? I noticed like it was like happening on Twitter and Instagram when I was scrolling. I love the meme when everyone, you know, would would everyone was like, oh, here's here's what a movie would look like without cinematography or editing. And it's just a blank screen oh, that was because so <laughs> because it's so true. Like, I mean, if you like if you edited a movie you know, if you don't edit a movie, then it's just going to be like, you don't know what's going to be the first, third, the first, second, or third act. Cinematographer, you just ha you just got to have nothing. So for them to just decide, oh, well, people probably don't really care about these two, these four categories. Let's just get rid of them. But then I guess all the blowback was amazing to see how much 
they realized people actually cared about this stuff, especially editors and cinematographers and hairstylers and, you know, all that stuff. You know what I mean? The other thing, too, that I just want to point out about this that I felt was very, very important is that people need to understand that, yes, editing and cinematography, it was kind of a shock Mm -hmm. that those two were in the four. But I still would have been equally as pissed if it was costume design. If it was they could never have done shorts. costume design. They could have uh, never done costume design this year. But what, yeah, whatever, whatever it was. I, I'm right. just saying that like those two were obviously big enough that I think that's what got people like Guillermo del Toro, Alfonso Coron himself, and a bunch of other prominent people involved. But had it just been like you know other categories, I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say ultimately is that they're all equal, exactly. and it's the principle that was important here. The principle yeah, that, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, I understand makeup because it only has three nominees, but that's so important. And you know, I was when I when I was trying to figure out what four they would be myself, I was like, oh, they're going to cut visual effects because there's no best picture nominee in there. But then I realized I'm like, no, they're not going to do that because there's a Disney film, there's a Marvel film in that category. True. True. Yeah. Once again, another blatant, you know, call it a coincidence if you want to, but there, I, I, I am not at all convinced that these four categories were random. I am not at all convinced by that because there is not a single Disney film amongst any of those nominees in the four categories that they initially chose. And well, I, yeah, I mean, I agree with that too. I, I kind of like, I, I kind of understand what John Bailey's thinking was with, you know, I'm going to volunteer my guild first. Um, sure, because I think I as the president, that. that's the right thing to do. But <laughs> we just had like the best cinematography win of all time last year. Like, <laughs> like there's no way nobody, anybody doesn't want that category on the phone, on the show. And, and Alfonso Cuarón is going to make history this year as the first director to ever win for cinematography. But the yeah. problem is, if they've gone through with this, they're locking themselves into doing this until at least all the categories who wouldn't appear on this ca- on the telecast hadn't appeared. So it's not just like a one-year plan. This is something they really have to sit down and think. And a one and like a three to like up until the 99th Oscars kind of a plan, and they mm-hmm. didn't think that far ahead. Because if right. they did this, and the next year they said, you know what, it didn't work, so we're just going to go back and present all 24 on the, the telecast next year, they're going to have more problems than they did than they would have. I, I definitely hope next year is more smoother, and they just stop announcing stuff, just do what you got to do, and make the damn award show, and then that's it. Because they, we all notice this trend of, like, backlash after they announce something it should stop announcing stuff let the award show run through let people get excited for it because who's really like oh you know i'm excited for this year's oscars because like after all this stuff everyone's just like okay let's just get through it and stuff and let's see what happens and stuff like that and matt for someone it had to be like a all this like stuff happening each month of like something new as far as that award show for someone who's like website revolves around award season and award and like the awards it must have been like a huge blow to you to keep having to like okay uh this is happening and then now this is happening i have to admit there came a point where i actually had to question um if the very institution that i base my entire life around uh (laughs) is basically telling me that they don't think the show matters more than the ratings they're trying to get 
Mm-hmm. That put that that just made me go to like a very dark place in my mind of like, is everything that I've dedicated my life to not worth it? Like right. it, it felt it felt devalued. And it made me as a person then feel devalued. And it was a very, very tough thing to kind of confront at first. And then, you know, it's like, hey, you know what? I enjoy what I do. I would have mm-hmm. adapted, if anything. Uh, but I'm very, very happy that. I'm I'm happy that they're cowards and they backtracked. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> because what they chose to do in the end is the right thing ultimately. Right. And I understand that Disney and ABC have their balls in a vice grip right now because of the ratings and they really need m- money for this Academy Museum that they've poured a lot into. I get it. So their contract with them is extremely important to their very survival. And if they can't make uh, ABC happy, that's a that's a big problem for them. Yeah, because well, I actually. I think... oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. You can go. I was gonna say I think ABC needs to remember it's not 1997. We right. all don't just have four right. channels, and three of them are running reruns, and the Oscars is the only thing that's new on. Whereas, like, even if you don't like award shows and don't go to the movies, you're like, well, there's nothing else to watch. You might as well watch this for a couple hours. <laughs> there's too much other. Uh, opportunities out there so they really need to cut themselves some slack and readjust their expectations yeah compared to like other award shows like the emmys or the or maybe the grammys and see like okay are we at least maybe a little bit higher in the ratings than those two if the answer is yes and they just need to like let it go because you know they used to be almost five hours long right. now nobody wants that again I'm not saying let's do yeah. that but but if you can get in at three and a half hours, three hours, 40 minutes, I, I think you're doing fine. And secondly, nobody wants to watch Whiskey Cavalier anyways. So <laughs> I like, nice. like, I'm nice. sorry. We're, it, no, this isn't like the Super Bowl where it's like, okay, now we're going to watch TV afterwards. No, we're, we're going to go analyze what happened and then we're going to go to bed. Especially like also the film buffs too. Mirror. But, uh, what do you mean? Like, especially people who, like, like someone who's, like, who's really, really, like, into film. Like, the casuals, yeah, they're gonna, like, go to sleep. And they're, oh, okay, all right, Oscars was fun. But some, like, people, like, uh, who have, like, podcasts or, like, you know, websites or people who are, who have, like, who have, like, friends over. They're all gonna analyze and talk about it for hours to come that night, too. So it's not like you gotta rush people off the screens, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I was up till 2 a.m. And it wasn't because the ceremony went late last year. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Matt, what would you gotta, what would you got to say real quick? I'm just saying that there are things that they can do still uh, mm-hmm. if they're worried about the runtime. I mean, we know that just because we avoided, you know, disaster this year, it doesn't mean that this is over. Right. This is going to come back up again next year. Right. And they're going to probably come up with different ideas i mean let's also be honest they didn't say best popular film was going away they <laughs> that's said they true. were putting on the back burner you that's know and they were going to rethink true. it if black panther wins best picture it, it'll be done yes i, I think well we'll get right into well speaking of that's a good way to get right into the predictions and stuff so all right so we'll start off the pig predictions with something uh with you know the first big one and that is best picture uh eight nominees this year no is it seven no it's, no, eight, it's eight right it's eight. yeah it's eight I, i'm used to because i 
I went to the um, AMC yesterday, AMC Oscar showcase, and it was day one, and they, they didn't have Roma. So I just, I, I honestly forgot that it was eight, but I'm like, no, it's definitely eight because I know AMC didn't want to show Roma because of the whole Netflix thing and all that stuff, and they don't have the rights to it. But Best Picture, all the movies that we have, here are the nominees, is uh, Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, Matt's favorite, uh, The Favorite, Roma, Green Book, A Star is Born, and Vice. So... Um, who do you guys think is gonna walk away with this one? Like, is it inevitable for Roma to walk away? What do you guys think? Uh, Matt, you can go. Uh, nothing is a done deal right. here, but I currently do have Roma at the moment. I think from a stats perspective, it makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. And I also think from a historical significance standpoint, it makes the most sense because I look at these eight nominees and I typically do ask myself, I do believe that people vote uh, for best picture thinking what deserves to stand alongside Lawrence of Arabia, Casablanca, The Godfather. Yep. I think I think that does play a role. And I think with all of the praise that Roma has received this year and already being heralded as a masterpiece without any years removed from it. Like everyone's like, it's a masterpiece. It's going to be in 50 years time taught in classrooms and everyone's going to love it. You know, I, I, I just feel that that combined with leading in nominations, the precursors it's picked up. I think that that would be the choice. However, green book is right there at number two for me. And it's, uh, it's, oh, it's, really? a, it's a real thing. Yeah. Oh God. That's my <laughs> worst nightmare. It's, it's legit. In the sense that it, it it's it's very likely that that could happen. I, for me, I definitely agree with you. I 100% see Roma walking away. If I have to vote for a dark horse, I I I want to go with the favorite because I watched that again yesterday and I just love it each time. And I'm just like you know it's such a great film. But I I do see. I, I did not, I did not, I, I didn't, I didn't like, Green Book wasn't up there for me. I was like, oh, no, not really. I mean, um, Mahershala Ali's getting all, like, the awards, but I don't think he's got, they're going to walk away with Best Picture. But now that's kind of scary if they do with all these other movies that's nominated. Uh, Amanda, what do you think? Who do you have as, uh, who do you see leaving the, uh, with Best Picture? Really, I think Best Picture is a race to watch. And I right. think the story of the evening will unfold because, and that's one of the reasons why I'm looking at editing. Um, I'm a statistician when it comes to this. So like, mm -hmm. there's something wrong with every film that's up for best picture. Yep. As far as stats. <laughs> it's concerned. true. <laughs> now, the one with the least amount of problems is Black Klansman. It has everything you typically would need to win a best picture. And that's, Obviously, being in Best Picture, it has a directing nomination, it has an editing nomination, it's got writing, and it's got acting support. And it's got a few below the lines, which always helps. It's a good the point. problem with Black Klansman is it hasn't won anything. Now, we might be a few hours away from Spike Lee finally winning. Yay! <laughs> but that's going to be their first award. So then you look at Roma, and the big problem with Roma is I, I have a hard time with the it's never happened. Now... We're only in the infancy of streaming, and people have put a lot of um, weight on this new academy, who they all think are like these hipster vegans drinking fresh pressed juice. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they have no problem with. I'm, I'm not. I'm just. I'm just. You know. No, it's true. It's I'm true. Not, I'm not trying to like 
make fun of anyone, I'm, I promise. But they, they think that they have no problem voting for a streaming film. Well, you still have 70, 80% of people who might go, I don't want a streaming film to win. And right. the Academy has never awarded a foreign language film. That is a nope. big thing. And yep. when you think that's something that doesn't matter, remember Alfonso Cuaron, I'm sorry, not Alfonso Cuaron, Alejandro Iñárritu mm-hmm. lost Best Picture for The Revenant. And remember, no director has ever directed back-to-back Best Picture winners. And mm. just one of those things where, you know, he's going to win foreign language films. So if enough people rank that film seven or eight, that really frees up uh, the race. Right. So it is something that gives me a lot of pause. I would hate to see Spike Lee go through watching Green Book when, especially with the whole driving Miss Daisy, do the right thing. It's, oh, I I feel bad for him for that. But I would look out for one of the four that are left from SAG Ensemble to maybe upset because I think whether you like those four films or not, they would solve the Academy's problem. And that's Black Panther, Black Klansman, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, and A Star is Born. I don't think mm-hmm. Bohemian Rhapsody or A Star is Born could do it. But yeah, I'm going with Roma for now, but I have absolutely no confidence in it. If it was a straight plurality vote, yeah, it would win Best yeah, Picture. True. It wouldn't be keeping me up at night. But that rank <laughs> has caused a lot of people fits. And I think it's what cost La La Land best picture it's it's probably what cost the revenant it's it's really tricky because now the academy understands that they they don't just pick one anymore they they have to rank them and there are enough of them that understand where you put your number who who you pick as your number one and your number two matters so i yeah it's all the the nevers and statistic and then just one more statistic it's not up for editing and that's, you know, we just statistically saw that happen already with Birdman. And usually that goes about right. every 34 years. So that's not a stuff that should, you know. So I'm pretty sure. So I'm pretty sure it looks like that we're all kind of in favor of like probably Roma will might take it statistically. But then a uh, couple of couple of sneak hitters will probably be, be like Black Klansman or Green Book or something like that. So moving on to Best Director. We have Tight Race. We have Alfonso Cuaron for Roma. Yorgos Lanthimos for The Favorite. Spike Lee for Black Klansman. Adam McKay for Vice. And Piotr Palonowski for Cold War. Um, Matt, who do you see walking away with this one? Um, I'm sorry. What about this race is tight? Alfonso Cuaron, man. <laughs> I mean, because once again, I'm a huge, like, I love the favorite. I just... I don't care I, if you I, love the favorite. I, 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 I love I the favorite, too, but I, I mean, I think if anyone's going to surprise here, it would be Spike Lee, but... Exactly. If he, yeah. if he was going to win something, he would. we would have seen it by now. Yeah, I, I had actually predicted on a few occasions, I thought Spike Lee could surprise. I thought he would surprise maybe a Golden Globe. I thought he could pull a Tom Hooper. And win yes. the DGA, but nothing happened. And That's so right. the reality is never, not once, has anyone won Critics' Choice, Golden Globe, BAFTA, and DGA for Best Director and lost the Oscar yeah. for Best Director. 
So, no, Alfonso Cuaron's going to win, too, just like his and buddy. And it's not Ali. like he went on a drunken rampage and made some fool out of himself. That would be everybody would be like, oh, something's wrong. Yeah, he didn't throw a phone at a hotel employee. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, did you guys, uh, so when they were doing the, nom- the nominations, I remember this day. And, like, I remember watching the Oscar nominations, like, when they were doing the show. I remember watching it that morning, and I'm like, I'm look, I'm I'm watching them go down the directors who's got who's been nominated, and then I'm waiting for one guy, mm-hmm. and then he just doesn't come up, and I was just very shocked, and I'm sure I wasn't the only one. Uh, Bradley Cooper, he didn't get nominated for a Star Is Born. So, what were you guys' like thoughts on that? Were you guys surprised, or were you guys like, oh, it makes sense, you know? Yeah, it made sense. Yeah, yeah. It makes sense, and it's his first film, like. It's right. like, it's, it's fine. Like, yeah, I, I mean, he's an actor and he, you know, they, one of the things we talk about at goldderby.com a lot is slap the stud. And so this is like a perfect, you have everything else. You're not having this kind of moment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, along with a little apathy where like, I think there's sometimes where it's, uh, oh, we know he's safe. So I'm going to give my first play, po- my first place vote to Powell Palakowski. Right. They rank him a little lower, thinking, you know, he's probably good already for the nomination. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. I, because I, I was like one of them. I, I had like so many messages, like, dude, Bradley Cooper. I'm like, what? What about him? Like, it's fine. I was just like, yeah. it's, it's okay, guys. He'll be fine. He's gonna direct more movies. He'll be great at it. They'll all probably get nominated and stuff like that. So, uh, moving into the acting side of the awards, we have Best Actress. Uh, we have for Roma, Yalitza Aparicio uh, for Roma, Glenn Close for The Wife, Olivia Coleman for The Favorite, Lady Gaga for Star is Born, and Melissa McCarthy for Can You Ever Forgive Me? I think either, I think, <clears throat> I think Glenn Close might walk away with this one, or Yalitza. It's kind of, it's kind of neck and neck between, like for me with those two. But uh, what do you guys think as far as that category? It's not even close. It's close. Yeah, it, it, after everything she's won throughout the entire award season, it's it's got to be her. I mean, well, right? I I've said the entire season that you know Olivia Coleman's going to win BAFTA. That, mm-hmm. that from the minute I saw the film, I'm like, she's got that BAFTA in the in the bag. I was surprised by the Globes. So for me, everything came down to the Screen Actors Guild Award. So when they went with Close, that was her coronation. She's right. got the Oscar. Uh, Olivia Coleman is the only one who could give her fits. And I mean, I will remind you, you know, everything looked really good for Renee Zellweger for Chicago. That's a good point. Yeah. You know, Nicole Kidman won BAFTA and uh, a globe herself and was able to take it. So, but I think Glenn Close is going to cook her bunnies. Another uh, good comparison here is uh, 2007. Uh, Julie Christie won Mm -hmm. the same awards that Glenn Close did. And Marion Cotillard won Golden Globe and BAFTA. But the difference there was Julie Christie had already won before. Glenn Close has never won. That's true, And if, God forbid, if we don't do this now, you know, in a few years' time, not few, hopefully more than a few, but, you know, we'll be doing the same thing we did when Albert Finney uh, just passed away recently where we're like, man, why did we not give this guy his Oscar? Why? You know, that's true. Yeah, yeah. And I think and nobody done... wants to think like that with Glenn. I mean, right. nobody wants to. And so for a small studio, they've done really well in making sure they that everybody knows she's never won. And they were so smart getting her to present with Michael Douglas at the SAG Awards. Him congratulating her on the way up to the Golden Globes was such a lovely moment. 
she's she's won. She really should feel confident that this time it's going to work out. Right. I mean, that Golden Globe speech uh, sealed the deal for me. I yeah, remember yeah. thinking, like, wow, she just beat out Gaga, who was the heavy favorite that night. And wow, she got three standing ovations during her speech. They love her. And that they talk about how like the Globes and other award shows are sometimes your uh, practice to, you know, before you get to the Oscar podium. Uh, It's a chance for you to, you know, deliver those speeches and get get a chance for people to like you. Close achieved that this year. She did it. So I, I have I have absolutely no hesitation on this. Exactly. I agree. I totally agree. Actually, I think she's going to walk away cleanly with it, hopefully. But I, I definitely have to go with her as well. Best actor, we have Christian Bale for Vice, Bradley Cooper for A Star is Born, Willem Dafoe for At Eternity's Gate, Rami Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody, and Viggo Mortensen for Green Book. Um, Matt, who do you got for this one? Hey, yo. <laughs> By the way, like I've been like, <laughs> I've been talking on the show. Uh, for a couple of weeks now, and I was like, you know, I don't think, you know, I, I, I don't think, I was like, I don't really think Bohemian Rhapsody is that bad. And then I go on Twitter, and I'm scrolling, and then I see a tweet from Matt about how horrible it is. And I'm just like, Matt, come on. It's not that, it's not that I bad. I rewatched it recently, and other than the gay <laughs> shaming, which I really can't stand in the writing. Right, right, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The movie itself is fine. It, mm. it reminds me of the movies that Walk Hard, Dewey Cox story made fun of. <laughs> and that's what, like, that that's the thing I can't stand. I'm like, really? We're celebrating mediocrity when we all know what kind of movie this is. I don't know. It, 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 I, I think it's like a standard musical biopic, you know? But right. the thing is that what I think it's a testament to Queen. It's done so well in other categories other than Rami Malek because... You know, I went to the theater, and there's something infectious about that music. You oh, really yeah. I think it's just it's just one of those bands that everybody loves their music, regardless of your age. And mm-hmm. it's if they gave away a best soundtrack, I mean, whew. But yeah. I, I, I think that's what's helped it. But I think Rami Malek, I mean, remember, Rami Malek does not have a film career. Like, yeah, he gets filmed before this because he's been compared to Eddie Redmayne, and I don't feel like I need to defend Eddie Redmayne. But like, his biggest film before this was appearing in Twilight Breaking Dawn Part Two. Like, yeah. that this is quite the overnight kind of uh, sensation because four years ago we were talking about whether or not he could even challenge Kevin Spacey before we knew he was a horrible person for an Emmy. So, right. this is. To be halfway to an EGOT at his age is a very going to be a very big accomplishment. Yeah, and yeah. Totally he can't even win his hometown award. I mean, he really needs to do a movie where he uses his Welsh accent because clearly <laughs> <laughs> they don't. I mean, uh, they're like he's American. He's British. <laughs> like clearly, they don't remember that. Right. Uh, yeah, I definitely I when I look at this uh, this this category, I definitely see Rami walking away with it just because of how much he's gotten and all the buzz around his name alone is creating. I definitely see maybe. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think it's just going to be. I'm not going to lie when point. I say this. That this is uh, this is going to sound a little weird, but hear me out for a second. <laughs> okay. I think Bradley Cooper is number two to Bradley Malik, Cooper. not not Christian Bale. Yeah. Why do you think that? I do agree with you on that one. So I looked at two things. I looked at the Michael Keaton, Eddie Redmayne year, 
and I looked at the Jean Jourdain, George Clooney year. And the fact that George Clooney and Michael Keaton both won Critics Choice and mm-hmm. the Golden Globe, they lost out to the person that won the other Golden Globe, the BAFTA and the SAG. So Christian Bale's in that same boat. And I'm like, well, there's only been two instances in the modern era since Critics Choice and SAG have been around that like this has happened. And both times that person has lost. So I'm like, so what instances have there been where somebody who won these awards that Malik has won didn't win the Oscar? And it's mm-hmm. happened actually twice. It happened in 2001 and it happened in 2002. Denzel Washington and Adrian Brody. Uh, yeah. Just the, the, the surprise didn't win any of the major precursors, but somehow, some way, ended up pulling it out in the end. And I'm like, well, these are two scenarios that something actually happened, and here's two scenarios for Bale where it didn't work out in his favor. So, statistically speaking, I think that Bradley Cooper has a better chance to ride a wave of uh, sympathy after that best director snub and to upset Malik. My one hesitation on that is I think if we were going to see it, we wouldn't have seen it at SAG because it was too late. But we would have seen it at the BAFTAs where enough people were like, oh, poor Bradley Cooper. He should have won. Yeah. He yeah. should yeah, have been no, nominated. So, like, I, I would, if you're trying to win your pool, this might not be the place to make oh, it crazy. No. <laughs> <laughs> Stick oh, God, with no. Malik. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. don't, don't, don't go out on a limb on this category. No, <laughs> no, no. Sticking with Malik is the smart thing to do. Yeah. It really is. I agree. With we are everything. not advising you to go uh, against the, the grain on this one. <laughs> so um moving on to best supporting actress we have amy adams for vice marina de tavira for broma regina king for if bill she could talk emma stone for the favorite and rachel vice for the favorite uh, i think i think everyone kind of assumes the same thing that regina king might take this one yes no maybe no. so oh who do you got then i am very worried that and i, I know people say it's lazy but it's just I try not to make the same mistakes over and over again, that this could just work out for racial vice. Oh, really? Yeah. I, no, I do you? think that she could take this. <sighs> it's 50-50. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. Because both of them have things against them. Uh, Regina actually has precursor stats against her. Right. But Rachel also has some stuff against her as well. Like, for example, we haven't had a repeat winner in Best Supporting Actress since, uh, was it 92, 94, Diane Wiest? Mm-hmm. Which she won again for Bullets Over Broadway. So there, there's that. There's but enough also... time might have passed that they don't remember she's won. <laughs> well, that's too, yeah, because, I mean, she won 13, <laughs> was it 13 years ago? Around, she, roughly she around that time, yeah. Yeah. So I don't, you're right. You're right. Enough time might have passed. Um, I really kind of needed Rachel to win something else to convince yeah. me, like the Critics' Choice or the BAFTA. Oh, I'm sorry, she did win the BAFTA or that SAG. That's the thing. If Rachel was really going to pull this out, if she had won SAG and BAFTA, I'd mm-hmm. be like, yes, she's going up against the Golden Globe Critics' Choice and she won the two industry awards. No, it's going to be Rachel. Um, but because they passed her over there and they went to Emily Blunt instead, who's not even nominated, it, it kind of gave me the feeling of 
they're reserving it for King. Uh, they're waiting for King to be nominated, and they're going to give it to King. And they should have nominated her, but I, I mean, you know, we've seen this with Sylvester Stallone. He was the sentimental favorite, and Mark Wylands. This yeah, is Mark Wylands. It's scary. And you know yeah. what? The, the one thing that people might want to remember about that race that's easy to gloss over is, like Sylvester Stallone, she is the only one not in a Best Picture nominee. And this category, I, I just did an article on this that'll appear on Gold Derby soon. This category, since they've expanded, has only seen two out of nine not come from a Best Picture nominee. And mm-hmm. one of those was Allison Janney, and she didn't lose anything. And the other was Alicia Vikander, who had some, you know, category yeah, places. Yeah, bumps there. But, you mm-hmm. know, Penelope Cruz only won BAFTA and, and, the, Glo- and the Oscar. Tilda Swinton did the same thing. Yep. And that's how Alan Arkin won. He, he lost, kept losing to Eddie Murphy, and then at the last minute changed the narrative. So she might just be lucky enough to pull this off. I mean, everybody who wins an Oscar needs a little bit of luck, but Rachel Weiss might be the luckiest person. <laughs> <laughs> I I definitely history. like her performance. I definitely like her performance in the favorite. So I wouldn't be too uh, I wouldn't be too like upset if she if she took it over Regina, because um, the all of these are very 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 very. Oh, it's a win win scenario. No matter who oh, right yeah. right. Yeah. So they're all great. Right. If, so Regina King had been nominated for Ray. I feel like she would almost be able to overcome that because you know she'd at least have like a little bit of an IOU. Sylvester Stallone had an IOU, like. Kind of. He, he didn't Here's win the writing. Here's a big fundamental difference, though, yeah. uh, is that people actually like Regina King, where there's a lot of people in the industry that don't like Sylvester Stallone. True. But That's... he he was getting standing ovations. Like, like other people get their, their parking validated. Like, he and, couldn't go anywhere without it. And Yeah, and Casey Affleck also got a standing ovation when he won his Oscar. <laughs> I, I, think that, I think that the industry... Um, <laughs> I, it's weird. I, I don't. I don't know. Sometimes what the deal is with controversy and uh, people's opinions of other people within the industry. Like, you know, people make a fuss about Paul Schrader making some comments online. But if the guy did win the award, you know, he would get a standing ovation. You know, it's like it's weird how that works yeah. sometimes. So and my head and my heart are are like having an argument over this because my head tells me go with Rachel Wise because the stats favor it, but my heart is telling me I want Regina King to win. I can also disclose I have a lousy history of predicting her to win awards because I usually don't and then she wins. So maybe I should just predict Rachel Weisz or she'll win. I mean, her TV awards are indication of that for sure. So I also ask myself, too, when are we ever going to get this chance with Regina King again? That's a good point. That's what I was saying, too. I don't think they vote that way. And you know what? I think they really like the favorites. Oh, yeah. they definitely like the favorite. Those ten nominations are nothing to uh, sneeze at. I, I do you're sitting believe... there, and you're not going to vote for Olivia Coleman. And Emma Stone's a non-starter. Like no one's going to pick her over Rachel Weisz in this. I, I can see how people might go. You know, I I can't give it to Coleman over Close, but I can give it to Rachel Weisz. Or they can give it the screenplay award, and that somehow is an award for all three of the ladies to a certain degree. You know. Yeah. Because those words are really what makes that movie and makes their performances so much fun, I feel like. I don't know. I, I, I bet I know they don't vote that way either. So Yeah, I yeah, said they, that after. They, they all have a lot of different ways of voting. Like, we're trying to figure out how a body of almost 10,000 people. This is definitely think. my heart overhead pick, for sure. My head does say Weiss as, uh, as well. 
And I just think it's a better TV. I'd look at it from a standpoint of it's a better TV moment to have King win. It's uh, a better just Oscar moment in general. Um, if she loses, I'm going to blame the producers of the SAG Awards for not allowing her to per- to appear on at them as she requested. She tried to get to present, and her pe- and the SAG Awards said no. So if she loses, I'm going to blame them for this. You should, rightfully yeah. so. I mean, she's yeah. going to win the Spirit Award the night before, right. so. Uh, uh, I'm sticking with King. I'm, I'm yeah, gonna I'm going to go with King because I I just would rather see that happen, but I won't be upset. Yeah, I'm so I'm sticking with King as well. Uh, after everything that you guys just talked about and stuff like that, I definitely see her walking away with it. Uh, we we won't be able. I have a show at four, so we won't be able to do all the awards, but we we can go through real quick uh, the best supporting actor category, and that Ali. is. Yeah, I mean, we have uh, Mahershala <laughs> yeah, it's Ali. It's easier to go around this time than he did the first time, so this, it's done. Yeah, yeah we have uh, Mahershala Ali for Green Book, Adam Driver for Black Klansman, Sam Elliott for The Star is Born, Richard E. Grant for Can You Ever Forgive Me, and Sam Rockwell for Vice. Uh, I definitely agree. Ali has to walk away with this one after everything. If he doesn't, it's going to be kind of like, really? Out of everything that happened this entire award season? So I definitely see him walking away with it. He would make me laugh. If it happened, but <laughs> the only scenario that can possibly overcome Ali is once again another Adrian Brody, um, Denzel Washington, like just out of nowhere, uh, kind of a win. And the only person I feel like that could happen with is Richard E. Grant, mm-hmm. um, precisely because out of everyone in that category and maybe everyone out of the entire season, nobody has campaigned better, I think, than he has. Oh my um, god! In his terms of Twitter just... feed is like an entire account, entire FYC, basically. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm not predicting it, and nobody should predict it. But if it does happen, <laughs> that'll be why. Yeah. It would. It would. I definitely agree. So, um, all right, guys, we are out of time for this show. Got to have another show in a few minutes, but. Thank you, thank you both for coming on the show. I really, really appreciate it. Talk all the Oscars stuff, you know, whether whether it's good and bad. It's definitely nice to talk to. You know, it's definitely nice to talk about all these movies and you know, all the buzz around this award season. Because this, I've never, you know, it's been a long time since we have like a lot of stuff going on all at once during an award season. So it's very, very interesting to see everything play out. But so right now we'll do some plugs and stuff like that. So real quick, uh, Matt, talk, uh, tell the listeners where they can find you and if there's anything coming up on your uh, on the show this week and stuff like that. Uh, you can find me at Next Best Picture on all the social media platforms. Podcast is called the Next Best Picture Podcast. Our uh, final Oscar predictions are actually going up today. I'm in the midst mm-hmm. of editing it as we speak. Uh, it's a monster of an episode. Uh, we also have a contest to predict the winners that people can sign up for and a bunch of other things going on at the site as well. So head on over to nextbestpicture.com where we are always trying to figure out what is going to be the Next Best Picture Oscar winner. Just the best damn podcast voice ever. Matt Neglia, everyone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Amanda. <laughs> Amanda, uh, let the listeners know where they can find you and if there's anything going on in the next couple of weeks and stuff like that as far as, you know, where you write and stuff like that. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Miss Amanda Spears. And I write for – I'm a contribu- contributing writer for Gold Derby. I have an article about um, how the best – 
how uh, being nominated for Best Picture affects your chances at winning in below the line categories. So if you're looking to win your Oscar poll, I am going to give you a big hint. It's true. Yeah. It is true. <laughs> um, and it all right, guys. Facts, it's what feels like a Best Picture contender that is not this year. <laughs> yes, that's, just go with First Man. Exactly. Just go with first man. Which yeah, it's the best. That's the best way to go. If whichever one is most likely to be nominated, which is to be for best picture, is the one you should go with. And that year, this year, it's first man. So it's like easy to pick. Worked out for Interstellar. Exactly. And for Blade Runner for twenty forty nine. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Um, thank you guys for joining us. My name is Dwayne. That was Matt, and that was Amanda. Hopefully, we can have them both on the show at some point once again. Um, thank you guys for joining us. We will talk to you soon. Bye bye. Thank you. Thank you.